0: This is a Danger Entertainment Podcast. DangerEntertainment.net. Danger Entertainment Podcast Network. Hey, this is Evan. Hey, Jason Underwood. And we hope you're enjoying the shows on the Danger Entertainment Network now, including the Bearded Ones comedy podcast. Yeah, we're super thrilled to be a part of this awesome lineup, guys. Um and what we do here on our show is it's look, we are just trying to make you guys laugh through all kinds of different avenues. Hear me out here. Yeah. Hear me out. Please. What we are is we're two geeky white dudes talking and trying to be funny. Yeah, not trying to blow in your mind here with uh, <laughs> with something brand brand new new, but um yeah. You never heard anything like that. We talk about Star Wars. Talk
1: about, we're talking about superheroes. we talking about Marvel movies, man. <laughs> Look, we are
0: we're cutting some damn, we're, we're, we're breaking some damn boundaries over we here. We are. Breaking new ground. Yeah. But for real, what we do is we play invented games. Yeah, and we try to spin everything into a brand new fun game that we've made yeah. up. Um, we filter it all through that sensibility. And we're both improvisers, so a lot of what we talk about ends up in, in, in sort of a scene that
1: we have a lot of fun with. We talk about our lives, pop culture and movies. We talk about a little bit of everything. So if that's what you like, check us out. Bearded Ones Comedy Podcast on the Danger Entertainment Network. They look
2: like Vikings. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks
0: Network Podcast. Produced with podcasting gear from TASCAM, including the TASCAM Mini Studio.
1: Trust your audio to TASCAM Sound Thinking. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD audio. CAD audio expression through innovation.
2: Hey, check out the homepage, MightyMarvelGeeks.net down the right hand side. You'll see our affiliates, our partners found me and heroes and villains, where you can get some great hellfire club paraphernalia. Um, And also to check out our web store, That's the image with the rotating pictures in it. Um, check them out. Supports us and helps us bring better content for you. And that's over at mightymarvelgeeks.net. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention
0: at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair...
2: Sergeant, we need a response team. We're already putting together the best move. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a
0: plan. (laughs) It's It's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no.
1: We're
2: a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're... we're a time bomb.
0: Son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric.
2: What a bunch of losers! I am crew. That I did know. These people may be isolated, unbalanced, but I believe with the right push, it can be exactly what you need.
0: Suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, gentlemen. Online and ready.
2: And welcome to another episode. Issue. Sorry. Issues. 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 Um, another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. It is the Intrepid Trio. Uh Eric, Kylan, and myself. Uh yeah. Mike. Oh yeah. You're Mike. I'm Mike. Mike Check. one. I'm here. <laughs> 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 you oh, wanted the that. best. You got us. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's it's worth every
0: penny you're not paying for it. Exactly.
2: True. So, how are you guys doing? Been an interesting week. Yes. Yes, yes it yes.
0: has. At least. But, so, uh, you know, uh, hey, it's almost over at this point, true. for us anyway, true. because we record on Thursday nights. True. Which, you know what? That means that there will be something monumental breaking in the world of Marvel News tomorrow. uh
2: uh-uh. Murphy yeah, because says, that's how
1: it's been the last couple of weeks.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But you know, last week we had the big up yours. This week, we have a great counter to that.
0: Well, it's not quite the the up yours from uh, from last time because that was basically Marvel saying up yours like Perlmutter. Um, this is kind of like an up yours, but this one's actually coming from Disney CEO Bob Iger. And it's in response to uh, to like uh, Francis Ford Coppola and Martin Scorsese uh, basically saying that uh, Marvel movies are, quote, unquote, not cinema. And uh, let's see. uh, Coppola said, you know, Martin was being kind when he said he was not cinema. He didn't say it was despicable, which is what I say. And I'm just going to call this, guys, there is no need to be elitist snobs on this. No. People like your movies. People like Marvel movies. I'd be kind of, well, I mean, Coppola has definitely made some fantastic movies in his time. I don't think Coppola really needs to be you know, mouthing off too much about how uh, how Marvel movies really aren't cinema. Right. Because there's one little thing that's on his IMD page as under director, and that is Captain EO. <laughs> uh,
1: could you say that yeah. a little louder for people in the back,
0: please? Captain
2: freaking EO. A show that will probably never be aired ever again. Yes, Francis Disney Ford property. Coppola
0: directed a Michael Jackson movie for a Disney theme park. And uh, now I might be confused, but isn't
1: Captain Neo like a uh, uh, a narrative that involves like a lot of deep and involved character development? Like it it, it, it it's like about a 4 hour uh, opus to the human
0: condition. Is that
1: the movie? Is that the one we're thinking about?
0: Almost. It's a. Uh, it, it's about like a ten fifteen minute uh, space fantasy musical involving puppets and a uh, character named Hooter. Ah,
1: that's the one I was thinking of. Yes.
0: So anyway, it, you know. Iger, I think, comes back with with perfect, uh, with perfect, a perfect comeback. He said, I'm puzzled by it. If they want to gripe, that's not the word he used, but it's the word I'm using. If they want to gripe about movies, it's certainly they're right. It seems so disrespectful to all the people who work on those films who are working just as hard as the people who are working on their films and putting their creative souls on the line just like they are. He said, are you telling me that Ryan Coogler making Black Panther is doing something that's somehow or another is less than anything Martin Scorsese or Francis Ford Coppola have ever done in any one of their movies? Come on! Again, I'm just going to hashtag Captain Neo. Uh, <laughs> Iger continued, and I'm, I'm reading here from uh, an article on Inside the Magic. Uh, he says uh, Iger continued with his comments on the filmmakers by questioning who Coppola was referring to when calling the movies despicable. He said, when Francis uses the words, those films are despicable, to whom is he talking? Is he talking to Kevin Feige, who runs Marvel, or Taika Waititi, who directs, or Ryan Coogler, who directs for us, or Scarlett Johansson? He said, I don't get what they're criticizing us for when we're making films that people are obviously enjoying going to because they're doing so by the millions. And the uh, the inside the magic article is is pulling from an interview that uh, Iger did with the Wall Street Journal. So, he uh, he goes on to say that he holds the film both filmmakers quote unquote in the highest regard. However, he did say that Coppola's description of the films as despicable is a word that should only be used to describe someone quote unquote who had committed mass murder. And guys, I don't I don't know about y'all. I won't get you alls thoughts on this, but. It just seems to me, and I said this kind of last time we talked about it, that certain filmmakers, they view cinema as high art. And it can be. But anything that's not high art in their eyes is garbage. Right? That's certainly their their right to their opinion. But uh, they have the right to their opinion, and I have the right to my opinion of their opinion. And right now, I think they're uh self-important obnoxious dodo heads
1: <laughs> I've, okay right, okay so you know that, that there are critics everywhere yeah you know? yes and okay and it's no secret no I, i'm a big reader and you know there there's the classics, and I'll be honest with you, I could probably count on one hand the number of classics I read. Why? Because I like my pulpy action novels. And I know, I know that at the end of the day, it's all about what gives somebody pleasure. You know, what, what what gives them enjoyment? And you know what? If somebody, if obviously these movies. All 22 of these movies have given millions and millions of people around the world pleasure. Okay, case case in point. We all sat in the theater at the end of Infinity War. And we all felt how heavy. All right, Mike, when you went to see Infinity War. Uh Uh-huh. Was there dead silence at the end of that movie? Oh, yeah. Eric, what about you, you? You went to see Infinity War. Yes. At the end of it, was there dead silence in that theater? Absolutely. And the true, ha- and the same thing happened to me. And everyone else that I talked to saw that movie. And I can't – there's only maybe one other time in my entire life of seeing movies that I can actually say that there was a movie where there was just heavy silence. Because of the way the movie ended. The thing is, this is something that people across the board can say. Now, at the same time, at the end of Endgame, uh, given that it was bittersweet, people left that theater with a feeling – I I believe that people left that theater with a feeling of satisfaction – because you got an epic story with an upbeat ending and that's not a bad thing you know and I I don't understand why if something is popular doesn't automate it shouldn't automatically make it trash you know what there, there's a there's a place at the table for everybody there's a place at the table for the people who like their dramas and you know and and, and That's good. Cool. Go do that. But, you know, there's a place at the table for the people who have waited such a long time for quality superhero entertainment. Right. Because you know what? In 2000, if somebody had told me that Marvel was going to come out with a with that with. 22 movies and each one of them is going to knock it out of the park and they're all going to be you know varying degrees of awesome but awesome all the same i wouldn't have believed you because you just didn't get that kind of quality in a superhero movie i mean even even with batman even with the original batman um tim burton's batman as good as it was, now I'm not knocking it, but as good as it was, I don't feel like that it matched on the same no. level as what we got, as what we have with the MCU. No,
0: it it it, it totally was not. But it took itself just seriously enough mm-hmm. to tell the story. But at the same time, it also winked at it itself. It did. So I I think I don't know I.
1: I... You know, it, I think I, I feel like it's probably one of those things where, oh, you know, it, it's cool to hate on. Hey, let, let, everybody's loving the Marvel movies, so let's hate on it. I think that's the cool thing to do. Maybe that's what's going on too. I don't know. Um,
0: okay, I, I'm just I'm, I'm while you're while you're talking, I have been trying to pull up you know just some just some numbers on Francis Ford Coppola movies. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's see. Adjusted domestic box office. All right, the uh, if you adjust, the highest grossing domestic Francis Ford Coppola movie Mm -hmm. is The Godfather from nineteen seventy two right that got that that came in again adjusted to 707.6 million the actual was 134.1 the next highest the next highest grossing domestic again inflated y'all guys you guys want to take a guess no
1: yeah well i do but i would be completely wrong but well go go ahead mm. I right. well
0: i i so this is the next highest yeah the next highest uh adjusted domestic box office okay and what was the amount for for uh his for godfather was number one and it was 707.6 million
1: i'm i'm gonna go 550 million
0: no i'm, I'm saying the movie the movie not not the, oh. the box office gross
1: oh the oh the oh, oh you mean what his sec his next one was? yeah
0: what his second highest grossing movie what which was it godfather, godfather three yeah godfather 2 Actually, let's see. That is one, two, three, four, five, six. Part three is sixth. Part two is fourth. Patton. Patton. Oh, wow. Patton yeah. is yeah. actually the second highest grossing with uh, 357.4. You notice where we went from 707 to 357.4. Right.
1: Wow. wow.
0: I mean, his his top five. Well, I'll just write it down. The Godfather, obviously, 707. Patton with 357.4, Apocalypse Now with 357.0, and then Godfather Part 2 comes in at 228. And then Bram Stoker's Dracula with 178.4.
1: You know, Bram Stoker's Dracula is good, but I I, I didn't realize that it was...
0: I I figured it would make more. Now, I'm not saying this is the green-eyed monster channeling through in Coppola's comments, but even some of the lesser successful MCU movies generally has done better at the box office than
2: any of his. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. So, you I mean, know, if look, I was Coppola, let's take and I would say, go I, ahead. I would say take like Iron Man three or Thor, the dark world. Yeah. Uh, look again, this could, we could
0: just chalk this all up to an elitist snobbery oh, Yeah. and he is entitled to his own opinion of what is proper cinema and what is not. Yep. But at the same time, if I was recognized as one of the greats in the movie industry, but none of my movies had pulled down revenue quite like your average
2: MCU movie, I'd be a little bitter. This is why it's been talked about for the award shows, give them their own category. And you could put stuff like Star Wars up against Marvel, up against DC to give those (laughs) films
0: a chance. I'm just going to be honest. What's the ratings been for the Academy
2: Awards been lately? Horrible. That's you why think I, Maybe there's a reason. That, that's why I think they need to rethink some of the categories.
0: I think they re need to think or need to rethink what their standards are. Well,
1: well, you know the thing is they 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 keep their circle tight so that they can try. You know, in their little way, they maintain control and they can, you know, pick movies that, let's be honest with you, for the most part, movies that end up winning Oscars are the big Oscars anyway, are the ones that we've never heard of. Or, yeah. or or, or, or they're, you know, they have such a limited release that it just, you know. At, at any rate, movies. Say, okay, okay, all right. Think about it. Black Panther, Black Panther, and uh, Infinity War both deserved, in my opinion, to be considered for movie of the year. Both of them did, and you know. But and I, and I I'm convinced as but I don't care what they say. There is a bias against genre films. If you're not, oh, absolutely, you know. So we're not going to see, you know, until they until they're willing to just look at all films across the board equally, regardless of what the genre is. Yeah, they're they're going to ultimately become irrelevant. Okay, Uh, let's see
0: here. Variety. uh, When was this? This was uh, published in February of this year. Oscar Oscar's 2019 ratings. uh, 2019 drew a 7.7 rating in adults 18 to 49 and 29.6 million viewers on Sunday. That is up from a 6.8 and a 26.5 million viewers in 2018. Wow. Last year, last year's with uh, – it was the second smallest audience ever. Uh, the award show, which went without a host this year uh, – oh, here we go. 2018 Oscars House Gold rating was down approximately 16% uh, from the 2017 – 24.4 million viewers uh, before rising, I guess this is like off of uh, the, the DVRs and stuff, to 26.5 million. That's the lowest viewership in the history of the Oscars. And this year's was, wasn't up very high. I think in their... In their elitism, they are leading themselves out of relevancy. They are. I mean, cause, I mean, people are really getting to where they just don't care. I know I don't. I don't either. Do I need a a, a three hour long telecast where you know somebody comes up and accepts award and gives this off script speech and just. You know, goes down a rabbit hole. No, I honestly don't care what you think, Mr. or Mrs. Celebrity holding a statue. You did a good job. Congratulations. Yay. Now move along. <laughs> I do not need a telecast at all.
2: Just give me a news release of who won. Right. Right. Since you want to do it for all the other categories underneath.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't care what movie won best Oscar. I know I've got some friends who still care. Uh this one girl that I used to work with, she would have Oscar parties, invite friends over, get dressed up. I mean, these are all like formal wear kind of things to watch this thing. And you know, if that's your jam, go for it. I don't need Oscars. No. No.
1: I you know the thing is I, I, probably the best and the worst thing that happened was the MTV Movie Awards, because they at least had a more I, I, they, they, they had a, more of a, a finger on the pulse of what people actually watched. Now, mind you, now, not so much because a lot of it is just strictly, you know,
0: Pay-hole. but back MT- in the when it first time, MTV, MTV is even less relevant than the Academy at this point. I
1: don't even know. I don't even know what happened with that. And I, I, you and I remember when they actually played when when they they play videos and
0: when the m and- stood for music and not moron yes i remember that <laughs> you know and i don't know it's just
1: i i think i think that you you only end up hurting yourself if you sit there and you take you waste time and energy putting something down because It doesn't fit with your worldview or wherever wherever that may be, you know? Get over your.
0: Yeah. I mean, okay. You are welcome to your preferences. If you like reading only Shakespeare, well, read only Shakespeare. But don't be dissing on somebody who reads Shakespeare one day and then reads Captain America the next.
2: Right. And and if you want to go dissing Shakespeare, then uh, hello, Kenneth Branagh. Did Thor? Not saying, but I'm saying. <laughs> so, I mean, what do you want to do? Yeah, what I want to do, I want
0: to look Francis Ford Coppola, and Martin Scorsese, square in the eye, smile my sweetest southern smile, and just say, "Bless your ever loving pea picking, cotton picking heart."
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, dude, I I can't. I don't. You, you, you know, at the end of the day, what? What does all of that get them? What what does it get them to
2: to 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 denigrate? you know, the MCU? Oh, it's it's that philosophy. Well, it's not just the MCU that they're they're bashing.
1: Right. It's a well, entire genre
0: that they don't like.
2: Yeah. It
0: it is a, it, it is literally anything that's not their jam. Right. Right. Get over yourselves.
1: Right? I'm just saying.
2: That that's what it is. And for for them it's they're old school enough. I think they're embarrassed over the fact that they have not been asked to do one of these films to reap the benefits from it. So they gotta complain.
0: Oh man, Francis Ford Coppola directing like a, a, a Black Widow movie, you know, or, what? A, or a Daredevil movie. He could do it, you See. know.
1: But I think he's pretty much talked himself right out of it right now.
2: No, I I, I, gr- I completely agree with you. Well, with all the films coming out, why not Coppola directing Doctor Strange, the Doctor Strange sequel? Yeah. He could have done perfect with that film.
0: Or a pun- oh lord a Punisher movie. Oh, well, dude. A Francis Ford Coppola or Martin Scorsese Punisher movie mm-hmm. or Kingpin movie.
2: That's where I was going to go next, Kingpin. There you go. A Silvermane movie. Ooh. Get the get the mobs. Who's who's our mob leaders in the MCU? And who better to do it, Scorsese or Coppola? Yeah.
0: Yeah. But that ain't going to happen now. Nope. Shoot
2: mm-hmm. yourself nope. in the foot.
0: Nope. Well, you know what? It might still, because who was it? it? was Meryl Streep that uh, that was dissing Walt Disney left and right, and uh, didn't she take a role?
2: Yep. Oh, you know it right. She did. Yeah, but you know, I have a funny feeling these folks wouldn't. And just like what my daughter had when she was young, they've got a case of it, too, that's And foot-mouth disease. There you go. So, um, but, hey, let's move on. Marvel (laughs) Entertainment and Cirrus XM enter a major multi-year deal to create podcasts for Cirrus XM and Pandora. Sounds good. I did not know Cirrus XM owned Pandora.
1: Yeah, I think that happened a couple of years ago.
2: Okay. So, the announcement was that Marvel will create substantial amount of exclusive podcasts for the two um, in the most sweeping podcast deal ever. Well, this means that they're going away from Stitcher. Which hmm. tells me the well, Stitcher format did not work out for them.
1: Well, you know, the thing is, Stitcher, I, I don't... Stitcher is strictly podcast, whereas I think the people who are driving to and from work or, or sitting, you know, listening to cars, or if you're like me, you have the app for Pandora or Sirius XM, and you can sit there in your office so you can listen to it whenever – you could do the same yeah, thing with Stitcher. But I think it's more accessible because I know I've had people – I know, like, if people say, well, where do I find your podcast? And I tell them, like, to me, it's really easy. You just type in blah, 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 and there you are. I, I have a lot of people who look and they're like, uh – and
2: I'm like, okay.
1: So I don't, I don't know. know. I think maybe Stitcher might have been too podcasty. I
2: don't know. I don't know. So um – um it, this, all this content will be premiering in 2020, and it will be the debut of many of Marvel's most popular podcasts. See, if that's the case, then I could see them potentially putting the podcast from Marvel.com over there as well. Yeah. So uh, included in the slate of upcoming programming are four new scripted series. Each ten episodes based around iconic characters of Wolverine, Hawkeye, Mm. Black Widow, and Star-Lord. Star-Lord? As well as a fifth series in which all four team up. (laughs) That's going to be a heck of a team up. Okay.
0: Uh, uh, can we give credit where credit is due here? Star Lord would not be getting his own podcast right now if it weren't for Chris Pratt.
2: Oh, I agree. Or the
0: Russo brother, or
2: James Gunn. Sorry.
0: Well, uh, James Gunn. Yes, I'll give him. I'll give him credit on this too. But. If you put somebody else in that role, let's say if you put Keanu Reeves as Star Lord, mm-hmm. you wouldn't be getting a, a Star Lord podcast. Star Lord would not be mentioned in the same name as Hawkeye and Wolverine. Nope. No. Nope.
2: No. No, you wouldn't. I was just, yeah, go ahead. Unscripted podcasts that look into Marvel's rich history throughout a modern day lens of pop culture are also going to be there. Uh, Also, two podcasts dedicated to popular Marvel franchises. Hey, we're going to be on SiriusXM. Have you started writing for We Got This Covered? No. It's Dude, a I podcast swear. dedicated to popular Marvel franchises. That's us.
1: Dude, man, if if I if we ended up if we ended up on Sirius XM, I'd I, I would just
0: be yeah. over the moon. Yeah. yeah. Over the moon, that's that's good for me too. It's it's it, I, I I I hate to say this, but I will believe it when we see it.
2: Yeah, well, or also too, rather, when we hear it. But also to regular talk shows, including an interview show that will feature famous celebrity guests. Maybe we need to. Maybe I need to get a hold of damn Buckley and go, hey, where that podcast that discusses popular Marvel franchises.
1: Oh, dude
0: oh man yeah
2: it's like hey we're here we're your guys we're I here we could talk and we're
1: I
0: think we could talk Marvel five days mm. week. Sure. <laughs> you pay me to talk Marvel I will talk Marvel oh yeah I oh. give you a three hour long discourse on Irving Forbush hey
2: could you <laughs> could you imagine if we're told we gotta go to a specific radio studio for three hours a day? For both that's set up for both video and audio to talk Marvel. Again, you pay me to do it. Yeah, I'll, I'll hit it. So um, from Dan Buckley, powerful stories are read, seen and heard. We believe audio is the next natural step to bring the Marvel Universe to fans around the world. Uh, of course, Dan Buckley is president of Marvel Entertainment. Storytelling has always been the heart of Marvel's success, and Sirius XM and Pandora had the right platform and expertise to bring Marvel's rich tapestry of stories to listeners in a whole new way. We are excited to introduce an impressive roster of programming, but Sirius XM and Pandora cannot wait to share more details in the weeks and months to come.
1: I bet you anything all this sprung from their birthday weekend when they had was like
2: 24... The, they only that 24. Did, yeah, they only did that channel for 24 hours.
1: I thought it was, gonna yeah, like the probably, thought it was going to be like probably, and they probably
2: got a listenership too. Probably, I know
1: I listened to the whole thing uh, as much uh, as much as I could, and I enjoyed
2: all of it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we may need to see about getting Dan Buckley on the show.
0: Yeah. And you know what? I, I I volunteer to voice a character in a podcast. I'm just saying I volunteer as tribute and stuff. Hey,
2: I I think we've got a show for him. It's already prepackaged. It's award, it's award winning and multi-year nominee. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Finalist, multi-year finalist. Finalist. There we go,
1: and and you know what? And I think it'd be awesome because I I would love to see Sam Jackson on here, and you know we, we could just you know ask him you know what he thinks about the above ground underwater suborbital volcano layer, and then like maybe have him yell at us for you know whatever because I've always wanted Sam Jackson to yell at me. I'm just saying.
0: Could you imagine? That would have to be a podcast only that could not go broadcast anywhere else. Ah!
1: Well, you know what though? He 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 keeps it clean for Marvel. Okay. Yeah. He keeps the clean. Yeah, but if,
2: but if it's Sirius XM, language, uh, there's no FCC rules there. That's true. Could you just imagine? Like could you imagine if we had him on here? I'm just afraid of Thursday and what she may say.
0: I'm not a showhole. Uh,
2: and that's just for starters. Yeah.
0: Unfortunately, we cannot ignore the inevitable. You were not authorized to access this area.
2: <laughs> what? Watch him come back and go say something about being Nick Fury. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs>
2: um that would be an episode though that could not air on Sorcerer Radio. No, it could not. <laughs> no, no, it could that, not. That'd be up there. That would be that my new Marvel Geeks Max. Yeah. <laughs> and, and if it's going Max, I want him to read the his bedtime story that he loves to read. Oh, yes. So, anyway, I love that. Story. Uh, now, Gillian Jacobs and Paul Shear are to each direct an episode of Marvel's 616 series for Disney. Plus. Nice. Uh, I have not heard this about this series. Um, I don't think we covered this one. Um, but earlier this year, uh, Marvel.com. Revealed that Marvel Six One Six was joining Disney's Plus's extensive slate of nonfiction projects, along with Marvel's Hero Project, uh, during the International Documentary Association showcase. Disney Plus revealed more details on Marvel Six One Six, with Gillian Jacobs and Paul Shear each taking their hand at an episode of the anthological docu series. Okay. Okay. This sounds cool. Uh, yeah. Multi-talented artist Gillian Jacobs from Love and Community will direct the first episode uh, from the perspective, perspective of what it means to be a woman and what's perceived to be a male-driven industry. Higher Further Faster will shine a light on the trailblazing women of Marvel Comics and explores how they found their ways to tell their story stories of representation and inclusion. Uh, Jacobs will also be joined by Paul shear David Gelb, and Andrew Rossi, among others, to helm additional episodes of the series. So, nice. do you guys have your subscription ready for Disney Plus? Oh, yeah, I'm all right. Kind of. Right now, I have uh, I, I have my, um, whatchamacallit, I have the first month, but I am waiting for to see, because they keep telling us at work, oh, we're gonna have cast member discounts, but we haven't heard anything. So I'm gonna give it a month or two. Nothing happens. I'm gonna go ahead and pay for the year.
1: Yeah, we did. We did the three year deal with um, D23. Yeah. So yeah.
2: See, I I'm willing to do the bundle, but they're right. if, if they do 100 121 bucks for ESPN plus Hulu and. Disney Plus for a year? Sign me up. I'll take it. So, um, now, some solemn news. Marvel's Cloak and Dagger has been canceled. That's right. Canceled after two seasons on Hulu. Or on uh, Free That's actually one season more than I thought they would have. True. So, uh... We already knew that the axe was falling a lot on Marvel television projects in wake of Feige's taking over the entire company. Now the executive, Jeff Loeb, is planning his exit from the company. Some mm-hmm. of his projects are starting to get canceled from their network homes. Now we know that Marvel's Cloak and Dagger is one of those. After sitting in limbo for months, uh, there will not be a third season. And, but this is not the end of the characters of adventures. Remember they are, uh, Aubrey Joseph and Olivia Holt are supposed to reprise their roles on the third season of runaways, Mm -hmm. which is set to premiere later this year, which I believe is in December. And they will also voice the characters in the animated Spider-Man series on Disney XD. But as far as their own adventures, the series is done. I say at this point in time, just leave them with runaways.
0: Yeah, why not? Cloak and Dagger, they had their own series, I think, multiple volumes of it, at least two.
2: Right. Uh, I think there's been more than that because I think there's a series currently out there. Well, there was.
0: Although they do do good on their own, they also are good on... Okay, they are also good as part of larger groups. Right. Like, I remember I remember specifically one instance where
2: Dagger was part of the New Warriors. Yep. I am trying to find out how many volumes Cloak and Dagger there's been. So, uh, this is not helping me. Oh, you can always check Marvel Unlimited. Yeah, but if they don't have see.
0: everything. No, but if you see multiple... There's, Volumes. Been at, there's been at least Volume 3 going back. Yeah, what I'm seeing here, I'm seeing a series that started in 1983, yep. a series from 1985 to 1987, yep. a series in 2010, and I'm also seeing The Mutant Misadventures of Cloak and Dagger.
2: Okay, well, this is in 1988. A Cloak and Dagger title has had five volumes. Okay. The last volume was in 2018. Went from August of 2018 through January of 2019. Okay. So this is fine. Let them carry over on runaways. I think there's a stronger pull there. And then you could take them a little darker on Hulu than you could on Freeform. On Freeform, yeah. Now, uh, the showrunner breaks the silence over the cancellation. Uh, on Twitter, he goes. So yeah, there are parts of me that feel gut punched or angry at large corporate forces, but the biggest feeling I have in my heart right now, by far, is pride. I'm so proud. I'm avoiding the word with what we've got to do. With what we got to do on Cloak and Dagger, this was the first pilot I have ever written. I was very green and got to put my heart into it. Then it was put in a drawer. When I got a call five years later, they wanted me to make it. I, I was I wasn't surprised because you can't keep Tandy and Tyrone in a drawer. This is who Cloak and Dagger have always been since kid me first met them in the pages of Spider-Man comics. They show up and then they go away and then they and then have a way of showing up again, even on the comics pages. You can't keep can't keep them in a drawer. This time around, there was no reason to pull punches. We found a force of nature director to help tell this coming of age story that put Marvel characters in, in situations on screen that didn't look like we had seen before. We are blessed to 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 the to cast the perfect actors. Uh, I love to think I passed on crazy knowledge onto those two kids as they grew into adults. But I learned more f- from them than they could ever from me. Now I'm paraphrasing some of this. Uh... They were two of a troop of amazing actors, heroes, and villains, and sometimes both, um, who brought their own truth to our fiction and pulled me into stories I knew were made up. And he keeps... Aren't all of them? Yeah. His final... his, mm-hmm. um, you know, So right now, Tandy and Tyrone are on a bus. They're going to hang out with some super kids in a couple of months. And from there, it's up to higher powers. But don't be surprised when these two special people show up when you least suspect it, because you can't keep Tandy and Tyrone in a drawer. Okay. That's almost – I I think that's almost show title. There you
0: go. I I get where he's coming from on being upset that that shows get canceled. (laughs) But uh, like I said, they got a second season, which I didn't think they would. I didn't think they would either. No, and getting a second sec- a second season uh, puts you ahead of some other shows. It really does, specifically does. like you know something like Firefly. I'm uh, still salty about that. I am I am terribly salty about that. As a matter of fact, I can see Marvel fans going, or some fans going, well. How come Firefly only got one season and this show got two? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I am I'm not one of them. I mean, congratulations, y'all got a second
2: season. Hey, Be look proud at, of hey, that. Hey, look, look at Most Wanted look and at most look wanted. at it and look at New Warriors. New yeah. Warriors, yeah. So and, and you made it on free form of all places.
0: True, true. very true. And, and you might have actually gotten a third season if it was somewhere else. Yeah. That is true. Yeah. Like hoodlum. I mean, it's like, yeah. Congratulations! I think they will do good on Runaways. I think that's where they need.
2: Run- I think that's where they need to be cut for a while. But they, they could help bring that group together to form the proper team, And maybe even lead that team. Yeah. So, um, I think I said earlier. I got uh, earlier this week the solicits for Marvel Comics, and man, Jeez. there are some new books coming, such as Hawkeye Freefall. Which is being Hello, written okay. by Matthew Rosenberg. Okay. Cool. Uh, tarot, written by Alan Davis. This tarot
0: is, and the, tarot the Hellfire Club? Yeah. We're talking the character that used to be part of the Hellions, I think it was. Uh, the Hellfire Club's own little ba- super band.
2: Well, the write-up for this is an all-new epic adventure teaming the classic Earth's Mightiest Heroes with Marvel's premier non-team. Um it's a strange and impossible lost memory from his days in World War II draws Namor the Submariner to his one-time compatriot, Captain America. But the two heroes and their respective allies find themselves pulled into a labyrinth of pain, destruction, and madness, courtesy of the Inferno Iker of Isharizog. Okay. Um, then we have, written by Dan Slott and Christos Gage, Iron Man 2020. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. This cover. Arno Stark. Yep. There you go. Then Ravencroft, number one, written by Frank Thierry. Oh, that's going to be nice. Uh, After the hellish horrors of absolute carnage, the Ravencroft Institute has received a much needed facelift, and it's open for business with a new staff. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, okay. So, uh, Ruins of Ravencroft, Carnage number one. Ruins of Ravencroft, Sabretooth number one. And I'm loving how Sabretooth is wearing... uh, Both of these are written by Frank Thierry as well. And Sabretooth in this looks like he's got the claws and whatnot of Wolverine. Okay. Hey? Yeah. Uh, Jinx. Okay. Also written by Frank Thierry, Ruins of Ravencroft, Dracula number one. Okay. Uh, then we have from Donny Cates, Thor number one. It's a brand new Thor. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy number one, written by Al Ewing. Uh, Star Wars number one, written by Charles Soule. So Star Wars is getting a new, t- new series? Yep. It's all taking place after Empire Strikes Back. Okay. So,
0: so basically, these are just filling in between, between moves. Exactly. Okay. Creating proper which canon, which sounds like if you remember the old old newspaper comic strips for Star Wars. Right. Yeah. They all. That's why they originally filled in between. Yeah. And I think Marvel was doing them. Yeah. So I. But, the, so, but the, I f- read that.
2: Yeah. But the the news stories have been actually pretty decent. And it had been a longer art to kind of give it more sense instead of, okay, here's two, three issues of a story that really don't, it's just an adventure. But back then you had three years between films. So you had stories to tell. Now the stories are already out there. So this helps create new canon to actually go, okay, there was actually this amount of time between films. Here's what we're doing. Here's the new, here's the new storyline, new tales, which is fine for me. So, um, but this one, I'm not sure about Peter Parker becomes the amazing <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Spider
0: smash. Yeah, I, I'm just kind of like, I, I saw that and was like, tell me this is a an April Fool's joke
2: solicit. Uh, apparently it's not. Uh, Hulk and Spider-Man both have their hands full during the absolute carnage event that's happening right now. Uh looks like the Immortal Hulk will be saving some more adventures alongside or Will be having some more adventures alongside the Web Slinger as they announce the new title Immortal Hulk Great Power Number One, which will hit the shelves in January. It seems that Venom and Carnage are not the only entities that can switch hosts when the mood strikes them. Hulk is positioned on the upcoming cover of the issue in Spider Man's costume. in which he is swinging along what looks to be some gamma radiated webs <laughs> and the mass doesn't even escape this whole thing unscathed.
0: Yeah. It's kind of like you know exactly what you would expect would happen yeah. if Spider-Man suddenly hulked out.
2: Yeah. Uh, the image on the cover looks a lot like Web of Spider-Man number 70 from 1990. Um, and that will, that issue was titled, Are You Ready for Spider-Hulk? So this isn't something new for the company. Uh, but it's a chance for the characters to explore again what happens when the abilities are able to bounce back and forth. Mm-hmm. I like this cover. I think it's cool. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited for it. Be curious. I'm curious to see where they go from here. But now I want to go get Web of Spider Man number 70 and have (laughs) it with this one just for the, just because these guys say, hey, look, this is similar and and just have the, the two side by side. Yeah, for real. So, um, Trying to think, what could be next? Here are the picks of the week. Well, I guess we're at that time. Um, Well, I've got the MU pick, so I'm going to go ahead and go first, since whoever has the MU pick typically goes first. Um, I'm going to start with Star Wars Dr. Aphra Annual Number 3. The Arrangement, A done in one tale Moss Eisley, You'll Never Find, A More Wretched Hive of Scum and Villainy. And even from far away, Doctor Afro wears this place like a glove. Caught in her wake, struggling beast hunters, Winloss and Noak are about to cross paths with their most monstrous adversary yet. Oh, blast! Is that Black cursing Tan? And there's really... and is there really an audience with Job of the Hut up for grabs? The sad part of this: this is the last Doctor Afro annual in this series. True. Since it, yeah. she's due to to wind up in December. Mm. So, um, Eric, why don't you go next? Okay. My first pick of the week is a
0: number one. It is Savage Avengers Annual Number One by Jerry Duggan, Ron Garney, and Mike Diodato Jr. So stop me if you find this one. A barbarian walks into a brothel and thus begins another adventure in the life of Conan of Samaria. Okay, that's enough of that voice. Human traffickers finally meet an immovable human. Black Widow is drawn into the intrigue by following the trail of bodies left by Kulan Goth's henchmen. And a last prayer from one of the trafficked women summons an unexpected angel, the son of Satan himself, Damon Hellstrom. It's the Marvel team-up you didn't know you
2: needed until now. So they're going to SeaWorld. Sure. (laughs) We'll call it that. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So, Kylan, you're up next.
1: Uh, So my first pick is Contagion, number five of five, brought to us by Ed Brisson, Roger Antonia, and Juan Jose Rip. A new evil beyond understanding comes to the Marvel Universe. A seemingly unstoppable force has invaded the Marvel Universe, and it is going to take every hero the streets of New York has to stop it. A strange substance is taking over heroes and citizens alike, draining them of their life force, stealing their knowledge and abilities, and neither science nor magic can stop it. Where did it come from? Can anything destroy it? And who will fall to its awful, overwhelming power? Okay.
2: Well, my second pick of the week is Journey to Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, Allegiance Number 4. Before the exciting events of Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker um, is when this takes place. Hounded by the First Order across the galaxy, the Resistance is in dire need of ships, weapons, and recruits to make a final stand against Kylo Ren's forces. Desperation drives a delegation led by General Leia Organa and Ray to entreat, the rebel veterans' one-time allies, uh, allies, the Mon Calamari, to join the fight. But de- decades after Imperial occupation enslaved their planet, there are those willing to stop at nothing to prevent another war for blooding the waters of Mon Cala. A system away, Poe Dameron and Finn have their own missions to hunt down a weapons cache on a remote moon of Evidote, unaware that they're being hunted by the most notorious criminal gang in the galaxy, which I think this has been the same solicit for each one of these issues. (laughs) The Reduce, Reuse, Recycle. Yep. So, Eric, we are back over to you.
0: Uh, My second pick of the week kind of ties in a little bit to my first pick. It is Conan the Barbarian number 10 by Jason Aaron, Mahmoud Azrar, and Isad Rebic. The story you never thought you'd see, the death of Conan. It's all been leading to this. The thief, the reaver, the slayer. Conan meets his ultimate fate at the hands of the Crimson Witch. But what lies beyond? And find out the secret history of the Crimson Witch and her mysterious underlings, plus the next chapter in the all-new novella, Black Starlight.
2: Okay. So, Kylan, your second pick of the week.
0: My second pick of the week is Black
1: Panther number 17, brought to us by ta Coates and Daniel Akuna. The Intergalactic Empire of Wakanda, 2000 Seasons Part 5, The Return of Killmonger. The intergalactic empire of Wakanda has come to Earth, and that's not all. Someone has dug up the body of Erik Killmonger and is about to fall into the hands of an angry god. It's the end of an arc and the end of an era for the Black Panther.
2: Okay. Well, we're heading into the final stretch. It's our final picks of the week. My final pick of the weeks by Philip Kennedy Johnson, Leonard Kirk, and Anhook Hook Lee. It's Marvel Zombies Resurrection Number One. The horror smash hit lives again. When Galactus, or Cloudtus, depending on the movie, uh, when Galactus's corpse appears on the edge of Earth's solar system, the Avengers, X Men, and Fantastic Four investigate. Too late, they discover that Galactus's body is now a, the vessel of an in, interstellar terror, which one by one transforms Earth's mightiest heroes into the universe's most terrifying predators. As our heroes try to escape their, the superpowered cannibalistic aberrations that were once their friends, and family, will any survive? And even if they do, can they hope to protect Earth from the infestation? has already claimed half of the known universe. Don't miss the first issue of this terrifying new vision of the classic Marvel Tale.
0: Okay, well, my final pick of the week is Death's Head number four of four. Now this is one of my favorite Marvel characters of all, uh, written by Tinny Howard. K Zama and Nick Roche, uh, number four is always a problem. Death's head and his friend, er, associates are trapped in Dr. Necker's robot graveyard. Tensions are high, but batteries are low. Will this team up all sign on together or log off separately? And what does the mysterious Dr. Necker want? And how will Death's Head learn to text with those big robot hands? Find out in our final issue. Okay,
2: Eric, your final pick of the week. Um, him, Kylan, me, Eric. I mean, sorry, Kylan.
0: I was like, uh,
1: what? (laughs) Uh, my final pick is Dr. Strange, annual number one, brought to us by, I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly, uh, Porn Sack, Pinchotote, Howard, Andy McDonald. Lalit, Kumar Sharma, and Ariel Olivetti. The San- Sanctum Centaurum holds all of the bizarre and dark relics that Dr. Strange has accumulated on his journey as the Sorcerer Supreme. But when one of those relics awakens and begins wreaking havoc in the halls, will Dr. Strange be able to wrangle back control, or will his sanctum be transformed into his own personal health? Find out in this epic annual from Tinney Howard, Porn Sack, Pinchotote, and more.
2: Okay. So that wraps up our picks of the week. We now have our MU pick of the week. Since we're getting close to Halloween, and we're actually going to have a guest next week, or we're slated to have a guest next week, um, this is an opportune time to take take advantage of a good Halloween tale. Uh, I have gone with Marvel Zombies Halloween number one. And I believe that this is a one-shot. Trick or treat, give the Marvel zombies your brains to eat. Fred Van Lenty, writer of the fan-fave Marvel Zombies 3 and 4, returns to the Freaky franchise for its first ever Halloween one-shot special. I will admit, it was either between this or Night of the Living Deadpool, number one. (laughs) <laughs> uh, some notes on this it's never specified which of the main zombie universes the story takes place in further complicating matters is the fact that regardless of which universe it is a number of retcons were made to some of the characters history to fit the story specifically kitty who was one who was a zombie on earth 2149 and killed on earth 911 so uh the featured characters in this is Peter Rasputin Pride, who this is his only appearance, and Catherine Pride, her last appearance. Uh, Mephisto is in this as supporting cast. Antagonists are uh, Carolina Dean, Darkhawk, Metal Zero G, and Squirrel Girl. Uh, other cute, other characters is Colossus in a photo. Okay, so um, so yeah, that's gonna bring us to a close. Any final thoughts?
0: Um well, I'm all thought it out. Yes, same here.
2: Um well I've got nothing else. So there's only one thing left to do. Thursday, if you would please.
0: All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else?
2: No, just time to go dark.
1: My diagnosis is that you've experienced a severe anxiety attack.